What's up? J Road. Morning. What's up? Morning. Hey, hey. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> uh, that's good. That's good. Um, hey, yes. Uh, my name is Brian. If, if you're new here, I'm one of the pastors on staff. Um, and uh, we are jumping back into uh, our first John series, all right? We are about a chapter away. Um, that is my hand, me flipping that, actually. Um, I thought it was really creative at the time. You could, you could move it. <laughs> you don't have to play the dang video. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. Um, and so, uh, but yes, we're going to be back in First John. I think last time we were back in First John, uh, we had this comparison of, you know, the spirit of God versus the spirit of error, right? Those who are of the spirit of God are people who confess that Jesus is the Lord, right? That he was a fully human and a fully God at the same time, okay? That he experienced everything that we experience, right? Uh, he totally understands us, okay? Because there are other religions where, where they'll say that Jesus was just a man or Jesus was God, uh, but he was a, some sort of floating spirit in a human body, Right, they go after uh, Jesus and all that he is and all pretty much what uh, Christ's word, what God's word says about Jesus. Okay? And so uh, those who confess that Jesus is Lord, that he did come from God, are people of God versus those who will deny Jesus, right, who are going after Jesus' character uh, and his whatever you believe about Jesus, right, uh, after his truth, those are people not of God, but of spirit of error, okay? Um, and so today we're, we're going to be in that same train of thought that those who love like God, okay, are of God, are born of God, and those who don't love like God are actually not born of God. They don't know God, okay? Uh, right? And so I, I want you guys to understand that, right? You love like God you, it means you understand God. You understand God's love for you. You don't love like God does not... It means that you don't know God. You might know God. You might know facts about God, but you don't know God, right? You don't know God with your hands, with your feet, with your mouth. All you do is know him right here. Big difference. And so that's where we're going to be today. And um, it, it's something that has been repetitive in the book of John. And Because uh, if we were really good at loving one another, then John and Jesus and all the other authors of the Bible and the Old Testament would, would simply stop saying, hey, love one another, okay? But we're so bad at it that in every single letter that you read and every, probably every other page that you read, right, uh, it talks about how we must love one another as Christ has loved us because we stink at it, all right? Uh, that's why J-Road Table was, was birthed out of that phrase of, of this truth of loving one another because we have to practice how to do that, right? One of those things was opening our homes. And so um, today it gets even deeper than just opening your home. Okay? In a way, it talks about your heart, opening up your heart up, right? Um, and I think that's, that's even harder than just opening up your home, um, because there's some dark things within here. There are secrets. There are things that no one has ever known only but, but, but God and God alone. There are things we don't want to share because they're so dark and so scary and so anger-driven that we don't want to admit how bad we are. 
And so, but the love of God, I hope, right, will cover that. In verse uh, 7, um, all right, verse 7 and 8, it, it says this, and First John 4, um, starting in verse 7, it says, Dear friends, let us love one another. Right, that's that repetitive thing. Uh, John says, let us love one another because love is from God. Okay, love is from God. Love is not God. Love is from God. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. And there's two phrases I, I want us to really focus, in, uh, focus on, right, is that God is love and love is from God. Okay, God is love and love is from God. How we love one another determines what God we believe what God we follow. How we love one another, okay, and if that is through the filter of God is love, then we know God. And this is what John is saying right here. But if we don't love through the filter of God is love and love is from God, uh, that's a different story. Um, <clears throat> Hopefully I can kind of explain God's love is really, it's weird. Because we hear all the time that God loves us, God is love, and, and we know that truth within our minds. And, and it's really confusing. But you can't separate love and God. They, they are not apart. They're always together. And, and, and the tough thing about God's love is that it's so straightforward. It's so straightforward. There's no secret about it. That God loves you. How does he love you? That he laid down his life for you. That he denied himself. That he denied his, his royalty and gave it to you. Right? That, that he denied, right, uh, that he took on the wrath of God, right, the wrath of the Father that we deserve because of our sin. And he took that upon himself and nailed, he got nailed to a cross for it. Therefore, we can experience joy. This is what God's love does. This is what it is. He loves you because he wants you to experience eternal life. He wants you to experience joy. He does not want to hold sin against you. It's so straightforward, but when we think about that, it's just too good to believe. My wife and I have been married uh, in a few weeks. We'll be married seven years. Um, big feet. Um, big feature. Uh, right? uh, and, uh, <laughs> not big feet. <laughs> Slash for a big feature, seven years. All right. uh, so um, my wife and I, right, have been married for seven years, uh, and I am the main dishwasher. All right? I am the machine. All right? I am the guy who twirls up, doesn't wash, right? <laughs> that's, like, that's like the only thing I do. She, she's in charge of, like, the bathroom and everything else, <laughs> right? Uh, for the past seven years, I have been washing dishes, right? Um, and that's why I always ask for lotion because I'm like, man, my hands are dry because I'm th that dish soap. Uh, but, um, and so I'll wash them. I'll wash them probably 30 out of 29 days in a month, um, right? Uh, 30 days. I mean, my wife will probably wash them once out of the year, right? <laughs> it's very true. But when she does wash them, okay, my wife and I love each other, therefore we married each other. And so when she does this act of washing dishes out of nowhere, it's just kind of weird. I'll watch her, right? I'll be attracted to it, right? It just, it just hits different when she does something where I'm like, wow, you're actually washing the dishes, right? Um, <laughs> it's really happening, right? But, but because, because it hits different in that way because it just, 
it, it just it shows that my wife loves me. I know it's a, a small act, and I know she, she doesn't do it often, but when she does, it is the symbol of love that I can't understand, but I know she loves me. It's so straightforward. Her washing dishes is a symbol of love, an expression of love because she loves me. And the same way goes with God. God loves you, therefore he died for you. And so when he does that, when he explains that to us, when he takes on that wrath that we deserve, it's just so mind-blowing because it's so straightforward, so true, and so simple that we cannot understand it in a way. We are people who overcomplicate God's truth. We are people who overcomplicate God's love. And so I'm sure the question we're asking today is, then what is God's love? What is it exactly? Right? I've said it time and time again. He laid down his life for you. And so you're going to hear that time and time again. So but before we go any further, I just want to pray for us. I want to pray that we will truly understand God's love, that we will be reminded of it, and that we will express it. All right, so let's pray. God, uh, just a personal prayer. Um, sermons are just hard, man. Um, because there's, there's so much pressure to either hit a home run um, or get on first base. So I, I do pray I could just bunt this thing. <laughs> I pray that I could do your word justice. I, I pray that um, Jericho Road Church could hear your truth and not mine. They could hear your voice and not mine. And I, I could probably echo that as a staff. Our, 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 our goal is just to simply glorify you. And I pray uh, that that will happen this morning. But as a body, Lord, I pray you will convict our heart. Man, that you'll, you'll reveal some things that we never thought um, would come out in the open or that we would openly say even to you. So God, may you speak. May you speak loudly. May you speak clearly. May you be glorified this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, so here's a question I want us to answer this morning. Uh, and again, it's, it's this age-old question that you know, when we hear God's love and love is from God, what, what is it? What is God's love, right? And so I'm, I'm going to try my best to explain it and through Scripture explain it. Right? God is love, right, as perfection. Like God is love. God is perfect. God is holy, okay? God sees. God is all-knowing, right? God is all-powerful. Right? Those are things that, that's who he is, Right? So if we were to dissect God, right, like a game of operation, right, if we were to take the little bones out of the operation, man, and, right, and pretend that was God, uh, we would pull out love. Because that is a feature of who God is. That is, you can't separate that from him. Right? That is part of who he is. That is who he is. Right? Um, parents, right, for instance, right, when, when, when you got a child, uh, whether you lost a child, whether, whether you still have the child now, you are a parent. So therefore, if we dissected you all right, as a mom and a dad, right, and what we would get out is parenthood. That's, that's who you are. That, that, that's part of who you are. Right? Think about how you introduce yourselves, okay, is that, you know, some people will ask what your job is, right, 
um, that that could get taken away, right? In a way, parenthood cannot get taken away, okay? Because that's part of who you are. Whether you, if you had a miscarriage, you, you were a parent. You cared for that child for however many weeks or however many months he was in your womb or he, she was in your womb, right? You became a parent. So if we were to dissect who you are, we would see parenthood. And so in the same way as God is perfect, God is holy, if we were to put God right, on a surgical table and we would see that God is love and it would be undeniable. It's just a fact. It's what Scripture says. Right? That's who he is. And because he is love, he is the ultimate definer of what love is. God is the ultimate definer of what love is. But the thing is, as time passes, right, we, humanity, cheapen love. We cheapen love. God does not cheapen love. His definition of love does not change. His standard of love does not change, but ours does. It constantly does. And, and I mean, we, we constantly see this, right, uh, through media, through culture. Right? Uh, and one of the things I don't want to tackle too much, uh, but right, um, when we think of love, one of the things we automatically think of is romantic love, okay? Um, if anything, rather than God being love, rather than God is love, we get to this point of love is God, right? We elevate love and separate it from God, therefore it's not really love, but in, in a sense, right, we make love God. That's one way we cheapen love. That's one way we minimize love. Because, right, have you ever met a boy crazy girl? Right, their whole life is about a boy giving them value. Same thing with a dude. It happens with dudes. Right? Don't deny it because that's why you got a wife. Right? You wanted to be in love at some point. Okay? Um, And and that's one way we cheapen love. We just make it about romance. What does God say love is? Is that he denied himself. He laid his life down for, for us. That's one way we cheapen love. Another way we cheapen love, and I don't know why God always puts this on my heart, um, even with, when speaking with, with kids, uh, this, this idea of, of love is love it is the most skewed idea of what love actually is. It's one of the things that it's attacking God's love to this day. And so l- let me define what love is, right, what, what this idea of love is love, okay. Um, the sentiment that is that you can be gay, bi, straight, and pursue a monogamous or a polyamorous, right, multiple marriage relationship as long as you're getting love, affection, and companionship. That you need to be happy and fulfilled emotionally as well as satisfied sexually. Do you see how selfish this love is? Is that love is love because I want to be happy. Therefore, I am going to pursue um, this particular thing that I think makes me happy. Forget about God and what he thinks. Right? Uh, uh, I'm a man. I love men. I also love women. You know what? I also love dogs and a cat and a hamster. So I will do things to all those different creatures. You know why? Because love is love. You can't judge me for that because I am in love with all four of those things. Do you, do you see how gross that can become? 
And do you see how skewed that can become? Because the object of love and joy and happiness is not so much the person, but it's about you. And this idea of love is love is so messed up because it's just straight up selfish. Romantic love can end up being a God which skews God's love. Your joy, your happiness, your personal joy, your personal happiness, right, apart from God's love is not love. It, 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 it's something else. So let, let's read God's standard of love real quick, okay? It says this. Um, in, in verse 9, starting in verse 9, uh, let's actually read verse 7 through 10. It says this, Dear friends, let us love one another, because love is from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, because God is love. And here is the standard, the definition of what love truly is, because love can only come from God. The source of love, the power of love, can only come from who? God and God alone. It cannot come from ourselves. Because from within ourselves, we are dead apart from God. And so here in verse 9, he says, here is the standard of love. The standard of love that we will fail. The standard of love that we will mess up time and time again. But I want to remind you, this is what you should strive for. In verse 9, it says, God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Verse 10 says, Love consists in this. Not that we loved God, but that, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sin. True love looks like this. True love took on our sin, right? Took on our sin and atoned for it. And let me explain that. Let me explain that, right? True love took on our sin you and me took on our sin and atoned for it. I know for some of you, right, that's a big word, atone. Okay, and, and some of your translations, if you read this over again, will say propitiation, right, or a sacrifice. And so this word atonement, okay, this word atonement um, in the Old Testament, in order to receive forgiveness, right, people had to, find, had to get a perfect sheep. Okay, a perfect sheep without blemishes, it had to be perfect. And therefore, if I wanted to gain forgiveness to God, I needed to sacrifice a sheep. Therefore, God would hold his wrath back on me. Right? Consequence of sin is death. Consequence of sin is God's wrath on you. And therefore, right, a sheep being sacrificed right, to God okay, would hold back his wrath on us. And so this idea of atonement, okay, this is what John is saying is that the ultimate standard of love is this love consists in this. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Christ was that sheep. Christ was that sheep, that ultimate sheep, so that we can experience right, joy, eternal joy, not just um, later, but also now. You could get that now because Jesus offers that right now. Okay. I'm getting to the hard part. 
All right, I'm getting to the hard part of the sermon because, um, I mean, it, we had this elders retreat, and I was just stuck on what the heck. What, then what does it mean to love one another? Then what does it mean to, to love one another? Um, I, I was up till 3 on, on Friday just trying to figure out, God, what the heck does this mean? What does this mean? And, and I found myself overcomplicating it over and over. Love one another. Therefore, right, I was talking to Jim like, oh, love calls us to step out of our comfort zone, which is true. And then I kept saying, like, love does this, love does that. I'm like, no, no, love is really simple. Loving one another is simply denying yourself and, 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 and so that others can experience joy. Loving one another is denying yourself so that others can experience joy. Loving one another is right, holding back wrath that that person deserves, your anger, your revenge, and holding it back and saying, hey, I forgive you. I want you to experience the love of God. Um, guys, the reason why I'm struggling with this is because I don't do it well. I'm not going to stand up here and say, man, I love perfectly. I love anyone I come across perfectly. Because if I were to say that, man, I'm a complete hypocrite. Okay? Loving one another the way God wants us to do it, right, is completely just forgiving anyone and everyone who has ever hurt us. Whether you've been abused whether you've been raped, whether you've been touched, whether you've been lied to. Right? It takes the nastiest of sins that you can think of. And God says, if someone has done that to you, I want you to hold back your wrath, deny yourself, and forgive them. Do you understand how hard that is? A lot of us hold weight on our shoulders and have this chip on our shoulders and say, man, my family drama, where I came from, this generational sin, we blame it so much on our past, right, when God is saying, forgive your past and move on and move forward so you can experience the joy of the Lord. Loving one another is really, really Hard because it's saying forgive one another if someone has ever done a list of sins to you. And this is what John is saying. If you don't love one another like this, you don't know God's love. If you cannot forgive the worst of sins, you do not know God's love. And the motivation to forgive someone the motivation to forgive someone who will constantly hurt you, right, is the idea, is not this, this absolute truth of what the gospel is. That you might not be a raper, right, but you've had dirty thoughts before. You might not be a cheater, but you've cheated in your mind before. And Jesus is saying, that's a, you are a sinful person, therefore I love you, I want to save you. I want to hold back God's wrath that you deserve, and I want to put it on me so you can experience joy, right? The motivation in loving one another is so that Christ as gospel can move on forward. is for his glory. 
He is way bigger than ourselves. Have you ever met someone who is just, they just bring up the past all the time? This person did this. This person did this to me. This church did this to me. My parents did this. It's really sad. It's, it, it, right? it truly is sad. But they live in that. They live in this, this hurtful state when God is saying, look, I already hurt for you. I just want you to experience joy. I already hurt for you. I already took all those things that anyone has ever done to you so that you can experience joy. And in the same way, we got to do the same thing. Every single one of us here have been sinned against. Every single one of us here has been offended by someone or something. Every single one of us has, has a grudge somewhere, some, somehow. And every single one of us has this dark place that we're not allowing God's love to shine in. And this is what, God, what John is saying. Let God's love shine in the darkest places. Because when you do that, when you allow him to shine in the darkest places, when you allow God's love right, to enter into those darkest places, you will understand uh, what God's love is more and more, and you will understand what it's like to love and deny yourself for, so that uh, the person next to you can experience joy. And so... I want to make this a practice right now. Um, there is someone in our past. Maybe, maybe you guys have forgiven every single person in your life. Right? And if you have, awesome. That is great because you understand God's love. And we need you right, to express God's love to continue it. Right? This is why the church hurts. This is why the church has a bad name, because we don't love each other the way Christ wants us to do it. And when we do it, we do look weird in a sense, but here's our fallback. Why did you forgive that person? Why did you uh, throw down your boundaries so that this person can enter your life? And you could simply say, because Jesus Christ would do it. Jesus Christ has done it. And so here's what I want us to do right now. Right? I, I want to take some time for us to reflect uh, on our life uh, to reflect on what's been going on in our life, okay? And I want you guys, right, I'm not asking you to go to the person or text the person and say, hey, I forgive you. You, you don't got to do that. But if God's asking you to do that, please feel free to do that. And so this moment right here, I just want us to bring up every, everything, all the things that have been holding us back, all the things that we have held against people, and simply say, I forgive them. And I'm talking about specifics here. I'm not talking about an overarching thing, this blanketed statement. Right? I want you to bring it up. Bring it to light. I want you to bring that to God and, and openly admit and say, God, I have, been, I have not forgiven anyone. I have not forgiven this person. But today I want to. I want to express my love for one another by just simply forgiving do you know that forgiveness sets people free? If it sets people free, you know it's going to set you free, right? You know God's love sets us free? When we experience God's love, truly experience it, when we allow him in, you know that sets us free? And when we do that to other people, it sets them free. 
And so I want to do that today. I want us to be able to set people free and set yourself free through Christ is love. So take some time. Because this next song we're going to sing, this ending song, is simply, I could sing of your love forever. But if you have no forgiveness in your heart, you can't sing of God's love forever. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Andy. I don't expect you to do what Andy did. Um, But if, if that's you, where... Fern will, and, and the team will just be playing some stuff in the background. If you just need to shout out, God, I forgive this. All right, I don't care if you look weird, but do it, right, for the glory of God and do it for yourself, right? And so Fern's going to play. Take some time. Forgive people one at a time. Do that. Right? There's going to be a prompt up here, okay? Uh, Bruce, if you could put that prompt up. And here's the start. God, forgive me for holding this against this person. I forgive them the same way you have forgiven me. And if you need to say that about a ton of people, do that. So we're going to give you some time just to forgive people.